All right, guys, welcome back to the AU30, the gold standard, anyone under 30. And uh, I'm your co-host, Caden West. With Cason McMahon. And we've got some pretty neat guests here in the studio again. We have Miles West returning, Jordan Dorsey. Dalton West has not made an appearance yet, and I have a very special guest. Uh, Joe Stoddard. Oh, was I not special? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, hey, he's up, he's up, he's up. No, no, no. I, it's just I haven't seen Joe in a while. I don't know if it's been close to a year. Does that sound right? Yeah, we, we last saw each other in May, but before that it had been three years since the last time we'd seen each other because when you left, I overlapped you by about five days. Yeah, so we, we went on different uh, service trips and stuff, and so it's been a long time since we've seen each other. And uh, I'm really excited about this podcast because Joe and other said people in the studio are huge sports fanatics, or at least I think they are. We've got some basketball. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit weak on the football portion, but we'll make up for that. Um, Dorsey, I assume, has some football in him. Joe is a statistician, aspiring statistician. What do you want to do with that, Joe? Yeah, so right now I'm going to school at Utah State. I'm a statistics major with a minor in journalism. My goal is to get into grad school for sports management, work front office, like behind the table stuff for professional sports teams or the league, maybe 538 sports, that type of thing. What got you into wanting to go into that kind of stuff? Uh, I don't know. Ever since I was a little kid, I've just been like obsessed with sports, specifically basketball. <clears throat> Diehard Kobe fan since I was like four or five years old. Got my first jersey. Um, but when I was little, I would just read and read and read all these sports books. I have this yeah. book in my house called Unbelievable. It just talks about the greatest statistical performances in the history of sports, that type of thing. And became my hobby. Every day checking ESPN, all that stuff. So, You're deep diving. So reading those stati- that statistic book brought you to where you are now and going oh. to the route you're going to. Absolutely. That's sweet, dude. So what's interesting about this is Joe has... An, an ability to um, back his claims with numbers. Is that correct? That's what's so interesting is he has preferences. He has opinions when it comes to um, basketball or football or I don't know. Do you watch baseball? I mean, uh, I recently I've gotten a lot more into other sports. I've never been big into baseball. What I'm really into right now is like Premier League soccer, European really? soccer. Yeah, I watch <laughs> really? a lot of the Champions League, that type of thing. But I really know my football. My I would basketball. have never guessed that. Yeah, I would have never guessed it either. Who's I was, your I was favorite thinking golf team there? or something. Um, I'm a big fan of Borussia Dortmund in the German league. They oh. have a lot of young talent. They have this kid named Erling Holland, who's like, you guys said it earlier, like the gold standard for scoring goals. Kid came up last year, broke all the goal scoring records. Crazy. Shoot. German league, right? Mm-hmm. Dang. All right. Very cool. So, um, let's hop right into it. Joe says that he is a Lakers fan. Now, let me just say this. Being a Utah Jazz fan, it's always painful watching the... uh, It used to be that the Lakers would always come in and crush the Utah Jazz. And so there's usually a little bit of... uh, The Lakers uh, are uh, annoying because they win all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. They've always been annoying because they win. But basketball, let's talk basketball, guys. What's going on this year? What's happening right now? What do you see for playoffs, for finals... What's looking good? You know what? L- let me start. <laughs> the Jazz are the number one team in the league right now, and I couldn't be happier. By one game. <laughs> but they're the number one team in the league. This could be our year. I'm making this prediction. You hear it, you heard it here first. We're going Western Conference Finals. I don't know if we'll make it to the finals, but we're going Western Conference Finals. Joe has a smug look on his face. What do you think? Okay. This Jazz team reminds me of the 13-14 Atlanta Hawks. If you guys remember, they won like 63, 64 games. 
really great regular season team. Not built for postseason. The Don't thing bag is, on my Jazz here's, like here's the deal. The Jazz are paying as much money to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert as the Lakers are paying LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Right, Actually, right. more money. I know where you're yeah. going with this, yes. And at the end of the day, in the postseason, what really matters, it doesn't come down to, oh, how deep is my team? It's what player is going to push me over the edge. It's star power, for sure. And it's all star sure. power. At the end of the day, I don't think the Jazz have that. I think that they have a really good team that could win one or two series in the playoffs, and they'll be like that Hawks team. They'll just get whooped in the Western Conference Finals. So they are making it to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> I could see them making the Conference Finals. Okay. To predict I think right that's now, their everyone. peak. Okay, so really interesting. Miles showed me a video of Shaquille O'Neal and his opinion bashing on uh, Donovan Mitchell. Joe, is Donovan Mitchell, is he, he's... Is he a star player? But is he is he at the same level? Like, what? Who do you see Donovan Mitchell as? Um, that's a little complicated. This year, ever since that series against the Nuggets, I think he's been playing phenomenal basketball. Yeah. Like, I'm getting major Dwayne Wade vibes. Honestly, I'd say if he keeps playing at this tier, he's top 15 in the league. Okay, have you seen the comparison videos? Have you watched those? The I've seen someone showed me a comparison video between Dwayne Wade and Donovan Mitchell, and it's kind of surprising how how well they line up, right? I actually haven't got to see those yet, but I think their style of play very similar. I could see that. I think Donovan Mitchell is one of the best scorers in the league right now, and he's definitely underrated in that aspect. He carried them in a series when everybody else played poorly for them. If you watch that Nugget series. Yeah. Well, but their second best score was out, too. I agree. And I think Conley massively underperformed last year. Oh, for sure. It was I kind of disappointing. I think also that Donovan Mitchell's a little frustrated right now because they've been going to the playoffs every year, and they get there, they get there, and then they lose. Yeah, but so it's I think, fizzle, he, I think this out. year he's and, trying to say, hey, I'm coming out, and I'm going to come out shooting. I'm going to make a statement. And bring the Jazz. He was upset. He, he was upset about blowing the three-one lead. Oh that, yeah, that couldn't have been better for us because the whole team is pissed and they, they got something to prove this year. Oh, I definitely I could see it more like a a revenge tour. I don't see them losing to the Nuggets in a series this year. The well, Nuggets' best chance at actually winning any games this year was making a trade for James Harden. Jamal Murray's too inconsistent. He's not going to do anything. Yes, but let's <laughs> let's talk about that. Let the Nets, though, the Nets. Are, I think going to the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly winning. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Real quick, guys. So you have Utah Jazz, I'm assuming Los Angeles Lakers or Los Angeles Clippers. Who who are they going against? I think the Lakers, period. I think Paul George is the biggest joke in playoff history. I think he's a hoax, too. So here's my opinion on this. <laughs> back it up. Let's I mean, back it up. In Indiana. Here's the deal. Have you guys, you guys know that famous Gatorade commercial where Paul George hits the game-winning <laughs> shot, right? Ball yeah. game. <laughs> ball game. Exactly. The ball game commercial. <laughs> the funniest part about that is Paul George has the worst career free, uh, field goal percentage of any player at the end of a game. Yeah, he's a star. He has not made a game-winning field goal. And last year was really hard to watch, and he right? Has, yeah. yeah. And he has not made a game-winning field goal since that commercial. Not regular season, not postseason, <laughs> not one. The curse of pandemic P. <laughs> And the thing is, he's coming out now, he's starting off strong in the regular season, and he's saying, you know, everybody's doubted me. No one's ever doubted him in the regular season. The fact is, if you can't go off against Joe Ingles, I'm sorry, you're not a superstar. So it's the it's the playoffs 
it, yeah. What, he averaged know. eight points in the playoffs, dude. Like, yeah, it's it's not looking good. He's he's not. He's just he's not a playoff performer. What's the deal? It feels like uh, Kawhi has kind of cooled off a little bit too. I mean, I don't know what his stats look like, but it seems he's like playing he's playing really great right now. So. Is he? People he, are saying that this year they they're thinking Kawhi Leonard is the best shot to knock off LeBron. Stephen A. All those guys are out there saying, "Hey, if we want someone to knock off LeBron, it's either like some people are saying it's either the Nets because they got all those star power, or it's got to be Kawhi and the Clippers." Okay, so you're shaking, so head. You're I shaking your head. I have I have a major problem with that Nets team. Okay, so good. we got Lakers in the finals then. I, I, and then let's bump over to the the Eastern Conference. Go ahead. Okay, here's my problem with the Nets. I don't know if you guys have watched them play since they got their three-headed monster. Mm-hmm. They'll put up 135 points and lose. They don't play defense. And you have the biggest head case in the entire league in your locker room with one of the most Two. narcissistic players yeah. in the league. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The three-headed Medusa, right? Exactly. So you have, <laughs> well, you have KD, who's infamously selfish ever since he left Golden State, right? Ever since he left Oklahoma City. Yeah. He's picking the best. He's picking and choosing what he wants. For sure. You have Kyrie. Uh, amongst other things, you got his flat earth theory. He's <laughs> he's staging the arenas before the that games. so funny. He's not showing up. Just not even showing up. He's not even there. The games, right? To both? Or uh, either. I, just he just disappeared. He said it was for personal reasons. He Didn't even he tell says, his coach. That's some Dennis Rodman stuff So right here's there. the thing. He says all this stuff pre-pandemic about... He's like, I'm not going to play in the bubble, and you guys shouldn't either because of the coronavirus and whatever. And then it, re- it surfaces that when he goes and takes this personal time, he's out at these huge parties, unmasked, just doing whatever he feels like doing. And I think the only way the Nets are contenders is if pre-trade deadline, Kyrie Irving is not on that team. So Whoa. you think with Whoa, Kyrie that's... not on the Nets, that's their best chance of making to the well, the thing is, you can trade him for a piece that better fits your system. Trade him for a defensive-minded big man. I think I would rather have Andre Drummond on that team than Kyrie Irving. Ooh, that's a bold claim. Because here's the deal. Well, they lost their defense with Jared Allen, right? They did. The, they the, lost the, him. And that that was they, their... Because the, the Nets, it seemed like, before that trade, were a pretty good defensive team, right? right? They had to they had to go through that. They had a couple big guys in there. But now it and, seems like it's all offense shifted. I agree. Yeah. I think it hurts that they lost Dinwiddie. He was their big defender off the bench. But I think when Dinwiddie comes back, you don't need Kyrie on that team. Did you guys get a watch Dinwiddie last year? He was crazy. He was great. He was averaging like over 20 points a game, six or seven assists. Super Quality underrated. defender. Super underrated season. Super underpaid. And so if you're a team that can add a big man that balances you out, that helps you contend against an Anthony Davis in the playoffs – and then you have James Harden as your primary ball carrier and Kevin Durant. Those two, when they just played the two of them, they played much better. The problem is all three of those guys have insane usage ratings. And so there's not enough ball to go around, and they all get flustered when they don't have the ball. Yeah, it seems like that they're not as great off-ball movement, correct? It's, yeah. it's like they have to have it in their hands. It's all ISO. Yeah. It's all ISO well, ball. I think you're talking about... A Nets team that has... Well, you got Kyrie and James Harden. Exactly. Those two, the only way they play is ISO. Right. And I think James Harden is the best ISO player to ever play basketball. Isolation basketball. No, I gotcha. Um, so where do, where do you 
place them, then Nets going to Eastern Conference Finals? I I could see that. The thing is, there's so many teams that could just turn it on in the playoffs in the East. There's no clear favorite. Okay, well, let's, I think let's, it's funny let's, because let's, like you look at like any team can turn it on. You look at the Nets, um, their two game series with the Cavs. Right, they the Cavs beat them. They, they whooped them, yeah. and all three of the Nets star players are playing, mm-hmm. like putting up big numbers. Like you said, like they're averaging 135 points a game. But like, you know, if you have three players that are so focused on ISO ball and not really spreading the ball across the court, like you're gonna get handed to. Well, it doesn't doesn't help that Steve Nash is the coach. That that guy only knows offense, right? No, I think that was honestly one of the worst hires in the league. Really interesting because. Explain Here's, yourself. Well, let's <laughs> let's look historically at players that have been fired. I mean, that have been hired right, right as after. coaches right after. Okay. So we look at. Well, I think your biggest examples. You look recently, Derek Fisher. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> it was awful. Right. It was awful, right? You look at Jason Kidd. Awful. Same team. Nets hired him. Yeah. Interesting. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And then you have Byron Scott. He was a few years out of playing, but not significantly. Byron Scott went and coached the Lakers. Terrible. And I think what happens is a lot of times people assume that because you are a good point guard in the NBA, you know an offense that automatically means you can coach. There were real candidates available for that job. So who would you prefer? What were, who were the other yeah, candidates? Yeah, who, who is a better fit then? That's the hard thing now. I think, honestly... The hard part is is they were more worried about a coach that would make their players feel good than actually a coach that would teach a system. Because if you look at teams that buy into a system, like you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder last year, they hugely overperformed because they were willing to buy into the system of their coach. The reason Steve Nash got that job is they were like, that's what's going to make Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving feel good. They're gonna so be like, they did it as we don't, an emotional reason. Oh, 100%. But the problem is there's not a real quality system in place. Now, if you look at the other side of it, you have players that will become coaches that can create a really good system. Exactly what happened in Golden State. You had Steve Kirkman, and he took a good team. And made it great. To made them, made them phenomenal. Right. One of the best teams we've ever seen. Even pre-Kevin Durant, one of the best teams we've ever seen. And that was because he had players that were willing to buy into his system. He's like, we are a good team. But if we play a certain way, we can be the best team. That team has that talent level, but the egos aren't going to let them do it. Yeah, no, that makes a very, very good point there, Joe. Um, okay, who else do we got in the East? There's the, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, the, the Celtics, the Celtics. Let, let me just drop a name here, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I agree. And why? Why do you agree? Because they're under the Heat are underperforming this year. They're like very. I don't even know if they're five hundred. I think they were a playoff team. I think they got in the playoffs and they fired up, and now they're kind of just. Yeah, it's one of those things that when they bit. sizzle up, Jimmy Butler. It's one of the like craziest things. Like I used to, mm-hmm. I used to hate the guy. I'm like, I would watch him play basketball, and I'm easy, like, easy. My sister's a big Jimmy Butler fan. No, no, no. The thing is, <laughs> is she's like screensaver, jersey, shirt, everything. No, that's yeah, the thing is, like, Kelly Oubre. I I'm like, why this guy? But like, no. Over time, I've read stuff about him. You know, you watch him play. The kid wants to win, and when he steps onto the court, like he has this. It, it non uh, quantitative like 
like it's it's almost like he can help make other players better, and it's like it's unreal the effect that uh, Jimmy Buckets has. That's my opinion. Yeah, he pushes his teammates really hard. Yeah, that's why that's why Philly's just a disaster. That's why Philly hated Jimmy Butler because there's no system, there's no nothing there. I don't even know what they're doing. They should have traded Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. They are forgetting. We're forgetting about Philly right now because they're playing really good basketball. As much as I hate their system, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they, a Simmons and Bead tandem. It's not gonna work. Can win a championship. It's not gonna work. Period. No. They because they should have made a move for Harden. The fact of the matter is, if your best shooter on your team is your center, you have issues. <laughs> <laughs> if your point guard is afraid to shoot the ball, if you can stand at the free throw line when your point guard's at the three point line, that's not a winning model. But I think. The thing is, in the East, I think there's a very real possibility that Miami could make a run just like they did. Because coming into the playoffs, nobody thought Miami was going to the finals. So you just oh, think they're sure. taking the yeah, easy no way. The no Not way. on my radar. It was, Milwaukee's, exactly. it was Milwaukee's conference to lose last year. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then they f- fell apart. Yeah. Well, Giannis was kind of hurt. I mean... But he still underperformed. He was hurt for one game. And that was the game they won in that series. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And so, I think. So give me, give me who, uh, regular season we can talk about it. Uh, who's going to perform well? Then let's get into playoffs, Eastern MVP Conference. Candidates. Who are Eastern Conference finals? Who is that? That's Nets. Like there's, it's not going to be anyone. We else. talked a lot about star power. I think the Nets at the end of the day, the star they power overwhelms. They have the star power to get there, and they get to the conference finals. Okay. I think that. Adding Drew Holiday for the Bucks is really good. I don't think it's going to change what they do in the regular season, but having that lockdown defender on the perimeter is it's going to do changer. it's going to do a lot for them because in the playoffs. as much as Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday statistically are very similar, the gap there is huge. The defense, it's, the gap the there is huge. Speaks, you can't you I mean, can't show someone how good you can just look at the defense. difference. Yeah, you look at the difference in how New Orleans is playing without Drew Holiday. They're kind of falling apart. Yeah, he's he's a pretty good player. I think he's one of those guys. He's a glue guy. He reminds mm-hmm. me of like a Memphis Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. He makes everybody around him play tougher, play harder, play better. Yeah. He pushed those young guys. I think he was a big part of Brandon Ingram's breakout last year in New Orleans. Okay, so who are you putting? It's Nets and uh, I'm going Milwaukee in the conference finals. Milwaukee. Game. I think they're going to be a really solid team. Let's see if they can perform. They didn't perform last year as, as well as they could have. Um, I think Miami really surprised everybody uh, with that. Okay, Nets, Milwaukee. Um, let's talk about uh, you know best offensive player, best defensive player, most valuable player. What do you guys think? Who's who's in the league? Who's playing their out of their mind right now? Well, I think LeBron's right now sitting. LeBron, at the but it's usually LeBron's always in MVP talking. Every season. Since the dawn of time. Since the dawn of time. Okay, this, is, this brings up a topic. LeBron or Michael? LeBron or Jordan? I don't know. I think since the last dance came out, I think that really just took, people thought, took Michael Jordan and put him up there. On a pedestal. On a pedestal he was because a, they had all that, all the video well, to I, show I, how he played and his I, background. I think that was the intention, right? He's oh, like, oh, sure. go make a documentary oh, about me. Hey, hey, there, people are saying... People are saying LeBron's better than me. No, 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 no. Post this documentary. <laughs> yeah, I, now no, I approve no. the video I or whatever. Approve, yeah. So, I don't know. What do you think, Joe? I think that... Here's the thing. I'm a big Jordan fan. 
That stems from me being a big Kobe fan. They have very similar styles of big play. Big North Carolina fan. Not a big North Carolina <laughs> fan. Not the opposite. But I think Jordan showed greatness at the college level. He won a national championship. I show greatness at the pro level. I think just the fact of how much better he was in clutch time against his peers, the fact that every big moment he lived for it. The problem was the problem for me with LeBron is those big moments are where a lot of times he seems to stutter. A lot but of times he seems to stutter. What about clutch? Yeah. What about his? I think it was Kobe his, and Jordan. It was like his 2018 run with the Cavs. And he hit like. He literally willed his team. Like, he hit game winners. Like, yeah, he, hit, like, he I, brought him in on a wheelbarrow, for sure. Let me, like. I think that 2018 Cavs run is probably one of the most impressive finals runs ever. I think anyone's ever seen. Ever. Yeah. And he had no right winning that series. Absolutely no right. And I think at the end of the day, if you put Michael Jordan on that Cavs team, he doesn't do that. And that has to be considered. Well, you think about, everyone talks about how many times LeBron's lost in the finals. The, you got to talk about how many times LeBron got to the finals, because Michael didn't get to the finals every year. He lost in the playoffs. That's yeah, also a good point with supporting mm-hmm. cast as well. You look at LeBron's supporting cast versus Michael. He always there's, had there's, there's, there, there's always an argument there, too. Yeah. I think that their supporting casts are a lot more similar than people give credit for. Really? I think well, the, times, at, the times the times the times that LeBron's won the, his supporting cast has, has been great. It's been similar. It's been solid. But uh, you can't win a and team when he's I the only I also one. think that we're forgetting about where the power was in the league at the time when Le- Michael was running it up. When LeBron James was in the Eastern Conference, almost every other top player, top ten player, was on the other side of the NBA. Right? Everybody was over in the West. At the same time, you look over at the teams. But they're that... scared. They're scared of him because he moved to the West, and now everyone just moved to the East. Everyone's scared of LeBron. I think that's not a real narrative, though, because mm. not that much has shifted. I mean, you've lost Kevin West Durant. is still a strong. You lost James Harden, but a lot of your top tier talent is still over in the West. A lot of that talent has moved via trade, not necessarily from free agency. The only big shift, I think, in free agency is Kevin Durant. He's the only oh, top sure. 10 player who switched conferences. You look at some of those, like Jordan's first ever playoff series, he had to play that team with Robert Parrish, Larry Bird, those phenomenal Celtics teams. He Stacked. Kept, he oh, kept yeah. running oh. into them. And that he was couldn't the get past them. And he didn't get past them. He him. didn't get past them until he had Pippen. Now, you look at, he lost to those Detroit Pistons bad boys who had... Isaiah Thomas, throwing Bill punches. Lambeer, and they had they called them the Jordan rules. Right, do whatever it takes to get them off the court, basically. Right. Yeah. Whereas LeBron's never had that. His best competition, those thirteen, fourteen Hawks. Who was their best player? Kyle Korver. Yeah, but he also won against the 72, 73 and nine Warriors. Like, if that ain't competition, what is? I know, and I'm saying the my argument for LeBron's playoffs runs not being as valuable as they are is he didn't have any real competition in the Eastern Conference a lot of years. And I think you look at the two different eras, like Jordan's era was more defensive, like Mm. tougher basketball. A lot more physical. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. LeBron's era is more offensive. Like Mm -hmm. The number of points that teams are putting up, way higher than they used to be. And the the more the 
ball is but the, moving the up players and down are, the court. The players are all better now, though. <clears throat> oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but if you put a lot of the NBA players in the league now, back then, I guarantee you those guys would give them a run for their money just because of the defensive style of play. And I don't – here's my thing. I don't think that's a fair argument because every single sport, when they're comparing greatness, they're comparing it against your peers, right? You have – in soccer, you have Messi and Ronaldo now, but he gets compared with Pele. He gets compared with Maradona, who just passed away. And that's only based off of how good were you against who you were playing. Because humans, as they develop, they get more athletic. Exactly. Sure. They get more athletic over time. You don't say, oh, George McCann, Wilt Chamberlain, they shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because they wouldn't have necessarily been as good in the current time. <laughs> no. You look at where the league was, where the sport was, and you look at how dominant they were. How transforming it was. Yeah. yeah. Will Chamberlain literally changed the shape of basketball. So I don't think the um, the era's argument is reasonable. I think you have to look at how much did someone affect the game. And I think you can make an argument that no one has affected basketball more than Michael Jordan. Catapulted it. Uh, I don't know. Steph Curry changed the whole game. No. You, said affected, no. you said affected basketball. He's changed the entire game. I mean, yes, everyone, shoot, not, everyone shoots threes now. But not in yeah. the same way. I mean, Michael Jordan took basketball and took it to Europe. Another universe, dude. Another no. co- part of the country and made it a popular Okay, maybe thing. like the, as the actual sport, but like as changing it. I think I think you're comparing apples to oranges here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I think Steph Curry has, has morphed style of play. But I, I'm talking like transforming a whole sport of basketball. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Like you look at what Jordan did. Before Jordan, shoes weren't really a thing. There wasn't really a real market for basketball shoes. Everybody wore the Converse All-Stars, mm-hmm. the pre-Jordan era. They had started a little bit of development, but what took off the sport? The Air Jordan 1s, right? That changed the shoe game. You look at the style of play until now. In dunk contests, you see people trying to emulate stuff that he did 25 years before, 30 years before. Why? Because it was so transcendent for its time. You look at... In the league now, you have a lot of players still who the top-tier offensive players, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, even you'll see it sometimes with Andrew Wiggins, that elbow fade that was patented by Jordan, used by Kobe, it is a huge part of the NBA. Your best offensive players have that in their arsenal. And talking about shoes, like you said, Michael Jordan made his shoes like not only for basketball, but now they're a culture. People wear them around. Like there's people that say, "Oh, I waited. I saved up my money to buy a pair of Jordans." Not just to play basketball, but to wear them around to say, "Hey, I have Jordans on. Like these are my shoes." Like my- Miles has a disagreeing look on his face. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, justify yourself. We've kind of pushed him against the wall here. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one cheering for LeBron back here, so. I mean, okay. I definitely have my pros for LeBron. Like LeBron has definitely transcended, transcended the game of basketball in his era. But I don't feel like he changed the game of basketball. So like you're Jordan. you're still putting Jordan over Le- over LeBron. Is that what I'm understanding? The the type of player and the type of I role that Jordan I personally am played. taking Jordan over LeBron. Okay, Caden, Jordan or LeBron? Well, now that's a complicated question. Okay. <laughs> just say, it, just say. It. Um. Well, the thing is, is like. I haven't had the opportunity to grow up and watch Jordan. I've seen all these videos. I've seen all of these things as to what that would be like. I grew up watching LeBron James. So I can tell you, I can tell you how good LeBron James was because I've, you know, I've seen the live games or like I've seen it on TV to witness that. Um, 
Jordan or LeBron? Jordan or LeBron. Okay. Um, probably LeBron. He's 18 years in the league. LeBron. Okay. <laughs> 18 years in the league. Good words. He's and he's been, still performing like he's crazy. He's been the best player for 16 years. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like the, I think he's arguably been the best player for 15 years. I think you had those years when he was early in his career where a lot of guys were arguably getting robbed of MVP. Those early years when Kobe was putting up crazy numbers and Steve just Na- wasn't getting touched. And Steve Nash was Steve the Nash was winning <laughs> the awards, you know. Steve Nash was taking home the hardware. I will say this. I will say this. This is something um, I feel like Jordan harnessed it really well to where, like, he was just going for – he was going for blood when he came out on the court. I think Kobe Bryant harnessed this like crazy. I feel LeBron comes out for blood during playoffs. Crunch time playoffs. I, I, that's the thing is I feel like and it's when he was on the heat. He should have won a Not that player first of the year, year. Too. Do you know what I'm saying though? That like it feels like to Le- LeBron, I sometimes feel like he's just kind of mailing it in. And I wish he could go out for blood every game. Does that make yeah. sense? I totally agree. Like have you um I have this book at my apartment actually right now. I just got it for Christmas. It's a basically a Kobe Bryant biopic. It's called Mamba Mentality, and it talks about that idea. What is the Mamba Mentality, Joe? It's just the idea of every single time you're out there, you're going to be the best one on the court, and you're going to do it. You're going to leave everything on the floor. You're going to do whatever it takes. Well, winning more records, win more records, or whatever it is. <laughs> What's that commercial? How does like, it go? He's like, I've already achieved greatness upon greatness. Yes. But have you achieved greatness upon greatness upon greatness? <laughs> what the does that mean, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> yeah, it's me the same animal, but a different, <laughs> different beast. beast. Yeah, there it is. Got it. All right. Those are so <laughs> those iconic Kobe eight commercials. Those are great. Yeah, the Nike LeBron or was it? Yeah, the Co- or Kobe LeBron puppets are like some of my favorite commercials oh, to yeah. this day. But uh, okay, so okay f- with Kobe and LeBron and Jordan, Joe, what's your your top five all time? Top five all time. See, this gets complicated because you're a, you're comparing a, eras, right? So I think Michael Jordan's one. I think LeBron James is two. I think after that, you have to look. You got I don't know. You got Kobe. You got Abdul Jabbar. I I really like Kareem, but I am probably putting Kobe. In my top five, I'm biased, obviously. I'm putting Kobe three. I'm putting Kobe three. I think you put Wilt Chamberlain just because of the level of dominance. You put him at four. Playing the four or at a five position? I'm playing. I'm saying top five all time. Okay, all right, all right. As a a whole. Yeah. And so he's he's fourth ever. And I think at five, just because of sheer winning, you have to put Bill Russell. Yeah. 11 championships. Okay. Interesting. All so right. we, we covered basketball. Yeah. Real quick. So we're going to say LeBron, most valuable player. What do you think? Maybe Luka. Mm-hmm. It's too early to tell. I too think. early to tell. All right. Yeah. You guys are forgetting about two players who are playing out of their minds right now. <laughs> who? Nikola Jokic. Joker. <laughs> He's .7 assists away from averaging a triple-double as a center. Yeah, that's insanity. He's, he's arguably the best passer in the league as a center. And then... As much as I hate to say it, Joel Embiid. This conversation's dead. As I don't think he's, I don't think he's gonna win MVP, but at this point in the season, 
if you looked at his out. numbers, he's playing out yeah. of his mind. Yeah, he's yeah. the reason Philly's been playing as good as they Exactly, are. it's all Embiid. It's just as soon as Joel gets hurt, or if he gets hurt, then that Philly he's is going to go downhill. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's injury prone. prone. Lakers in seven, Lakers in six, to who? I'd say Lakers in... If they play the Nets, Lakers in six. If they play the Bucks, Lakers in five. Lakers sweep. <laughs> all right, all right. Just so real quick, um, we covered we covered basketball for quite a ways. Super Bowl's next week. Oh, so let's touch one. on this real quick before yeah. we wrap up. We got Buccaneers, Chiefs. What's going on? What do you think? Brady's going Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl again. It's crazy. What's I, that? It's ten, ten, ten out of Ele- 21. Yeah, 10th time. Yeah. Higher percentage of winning the Super Bowl than Curry is to make it 3 No, no, no. Not so winning. Just winning. Here, yeah, going, yeah, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I think if Brady wins this, he has there's Cemented. no argument against him for being His the greatest legacy. football player of all time. Because people Brady, always said it was yeah. the, the because Patriots. Here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know this. The Patriots have the most Super Bowls in NFL history at six. If Brady wins this, he'll have more Super Bowls than any NFL franchise by himself. Yeah, that's just unreal. That's, yeah, it's crazy. The, the just give me an idea. The quarterback with the second most wins in playoff history has 16. Brady has 33. It's just an insane stat. Like, this man is 43 going into his 10th Super Bowl. His longevity is crazy. So I got got one more for you. Okay, all right, let's hear it. Drew Brees has been playing the last, what, 13, 14 years in the NFC as one of the best teams in the NFC. Mm -hmm. He has seven career playoff wins against NFC teams. Tom Brady has eight. Actually... I think he has nine, because six in the Super Bowl, plus he won, he's won three this year. Nine against NFC teams. That's crazy. That's more than Breeze, and Breeze has played that side his whole career. If he wins this, he'll have as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers has from the NFC, as many Super Bowls as Drew Breeze has from the NFC, and that's in one season. Man, it's yeah, just a living goat. A man's on a different planet. That's all yeah, I got to say. I totally agree. So, but but Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, no, I Miles. Miles literally said this week that Chiefs are gonna spank. Um, it's you know it's been the whole the whole time. I talked to Jordan about this. I'm like Jordan, who's gonna win? He's like, it's the Chiefs, and whoever gets to the Super Bowl to lose against the Chiefs. I I, I know. I think it's I interesting because I look at the but the Patriots the Bucks, schemes. The Bucks right. right this year, I think everyone says it's the Bucks defense versus the Chiefs offense because people have been saying I don't know people have been a lot of people have been saying that like the Bucks defense has they have great a, great linebackers their D line their pass rush is phenomenal this year like they are out of their mind and the Chiefs have Tyree or Tyree Kill Kelsey like yeah. those guys are playing out of their mind there there have been there there's been a lot of matchups with the Bucks defense. And the Chiefs. I think offense, one I thing think we need be... to recognize is how Tom Brady performs in pressure situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he can perform like that. Like, like I, that, I that, think that Hawk, the series, Falcon he... series. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, that's what I was sorry. What twenty-one zero? He was pushed up in? against a wall yeah. and he climbed yeah. his way. And and he, that was, yeah. just, I also, insane. I also think we need to look at the fact that how he plays in the postseason because you look twice this year, they got absolutely destroyed yeah. by the Saints. Then come postseason, what happens? He comes up big. And I. you look at the Chiefs' only real loss this year, it was to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. What happened was they couldn't cover the weapons that were there. If there's a team that has the weapons to do that, 
it's the Buccaneers because you have Brady who's throwing the ball, mm-hmm. who threw the second most touchdowns of his career this year. He threw 40 touchdowns. He has his go-to red zone guy in Gronkowski. You have two of the best receivers in the league in Godwin and Mike Evans. Like, I think that the pieces are there that it would be an upset, but I would not be surprised at all to see the Buccaneers win. Really? No. I think at the end of the day, betting against Brady is probably not a good idea in the Super Bowl. <laughs> the only two I don't know. times I think, I think it'll be a close match. What do you sure. think? Give me give me prediction uh, score and who's winning. Um, I'm. I feel like it's going to be a high scoring game because both these teams have great quarterbacks. I think it's going to come down to defense because mm-hmm. they both have great receivers, great quarterbacks. It's going to come down to which defense is going to really show up and bring their game to slow down and the other teams, lock down the receivers and lock lock down the run game and stuff. I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm betting. It's going to be like a one touchdown game. It'll be like 30. Who you got on top, Dorsey? I got Chiefs winning by. How much? One touchdown. Okay. Joe? That's my prediction. Okay. I'm going 31 28 Buccaneers. Okay. All right. Close game. That's a close game. I'm going 45 37. Chiefs. Chiefs up. It's a lot of points. Chiefs up. It's going to be, I think it'd be. Offensive for sure. Off, yeah, these offenses got to come out. Jason, what do you think? I'm going to go 41 to 37 bucks. Okay. We've, all predi- we've all predicted pretty close games. Like, this is going to oh, be I think it's like going to be a game. A very for sure. tight game. 21 20. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with there's going to be a two point conversion attempt. Uh, let's go with. Uh, why not? I want to see Brady win another oh, Super Bowl. Yes, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. But uh, no, no. That's the, crazy. In all seriousness, the Chiefs are a, a team to be to be dealt with. They they are something that's going to be yeah. crazy. I agree. I think the Chiefs' current roster, as it's built, it reminds me of those of the '73 and '9 Warriors. Just powerhouse. Just yeah, a they're, powerhouse. They're straight beasts. Just a monster a, yeah, team. A lot of young talent. But if there was anyone to knock off the best young player in the league right now it's the greatest player of all time Mm -hmm, for sure all right fellas we are gonna wrap it up anyone under 30 podcast this is the sports edition with joe stoddard jordan dorsey miles west and casein mcmahon yes sir so uh thank you for listening it was a little bit lengthier episode but we provided some pretty darn good content and analysis join us next week see ya